looking forward to a decade of disruptions. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Lance Ulanoff, tech journalist and commentator and editor-in-chief at LifeWire.com. Welcome, Lance. Thanks for having me. Give us a brief uh, description of your work and your journey through the tech industry and what you do in tech journalism. Sure. I'm, uh, you know, started uh, 1991. I was at uh, PC Mag. That was my first tech journalism job. I've wended my way through Windows Magazine, Home PC Magazine, Deja.com, back to Ziff and PC Mag, where I became editor in chief. Uh, then I was editor in chief of Mashable. And then I was a writer for Medium for a time. And uh, now I'm editor in chief of LifeWire.com, where we've launched a new newsletter that is actually full content called Untangle. Looking forward to it. Um, so let's talk about this. Let's let's kind of wrap up a lot of what's happened in tech. I mean, we use the term disruption, but is has the term disruption become overused, or is is what we have ahead a decade uh, of the 2020s going to be a decade of real disruption? That's a you know it's 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 driven by what's introduced. Um, you know we're we're in sort of a, a we're in a kind of an uncertain time with technology because sentiment revolving around technology right now is not that good. A lot of people think oh it's all done bad things to us. You know social media phones. Uh, so we're kind of in a space of entering I think recalibration, not necessarily disruption. But I do think we're going to be rethinking social media and how we use it. Uh, there's going to be new technologies for social media that may supplant what we do already or may sort of, or probably be bought up by Facebook and become part of it. But our favorite social media platforms will certainly change um, in the next decade. But, you know, obviously with lots of technology where this is going to be the decade of the explosion of electric cars and the explosion of autonomous cars, autonomous trucks, autonomous buses, uh, explosion of solar technology and updates to battery technology because so many of us are going to be relying on that. Uh, you know, phone technology will keep changing, but it won't be so much disruptive as just kind of disappearing. And I mean in that we'll keep using these things, but they're going to get so thin that you're not going to be like really fixated on the, the all the parts of it because it's going to be just a screen. By the end of the decade, I really start to think we're going to have those kind of translucent screens we see and all the, the um, they'll be foldable too on all the sci-fi shows. I think that's possible. And I think that this is our V1 of C3PO comes uh, sometime late in the next decade. So you mentioned a few of um, some of the most disruptive technologies, including autonomous vehicles. What I want to break down some of those, like 5G, spatial computing, maybe IoT, med tech, AI, robotics. I mean, there's so many different ones to talk about. But you mentioned auto autonomous vehicles. Let's start there. What, what do we expect to see in the next decade, even in the next year? I mean, are we really going to have, I mean, is it really going to, to change the way we drive? Not in the next year, without a doubt, but it's over the next decade and certainly the next five years is going to be a combination of a lot more autonomous driving vehicles uh, and technology built into the cars that we have that allow for autonomous driving, but also the sort of on the other side, the infrastructure to support that because that's the thing that we're sort of, you know, the laws and infrastructure are kind of a little out of sync, but I think they're going to sync up in the next 10 years where, you know, we're going to, because everybody understands that there is a path forward for this, whether or not, here's the thing, depending on where you live, you really care about driving or you really don't. But if you really don't say, you're probably going to be an autonomous bus. 
But if you really do, you might still be the person who has a truck that occasionally does autonomous driving for you, but you still want to grab control of the wheel. So there's going to be that kind of that split going on. In suburban areas, uh, self-driving technology, I think, is going to grow really big, along with, you mentioned 5G, because I think 5G is going to enable some of that because it allows cars to talk to each other in real time and talk to the traffic light in real time and gets a lot more information much more quickly in a space where it really matters for safety. What about spatial computing? We've been talking about that for eons, and certainly the wearables are getting a little less um, a, a, you know, in, intrusive, but are we really there with being able to connect uh, through virtual reality and augmented reality? I mean, I'm seeing more and more of it. Certainly what uh, Microsoft's doing with HoloLens, the HoloLens 2 and that technology is, you know, like we'll, you'll see, for example, a couple of people working on a virtual uh, piece of technology and they're in two different places. So one has the real technology, the other person has the virtual one and they're working together. I think that's, I'm seeing it coming together, but your point is, is well taken that the hardware you have to wear right now is still not the right size, the right weight. It's getting closer. Um, but I, the great thing is that's a, such a solvable problem because you know that you can make hardware smaller, lighter, faster, uh, more usable. That's actually easy to do. It's getting people used to using it and making sure you have a reason to use it. And that's what I've started to see is that there is this telepresence with spatial computing that can make a lot of sense in industry. For consumers, Gaming is obviously where it makes the most sense, and that's why VR is so strong in gaming, and that's why spatial computing and gaming will be strong over time, and you can see the technology moving in direction. But full immersive VR is still, it's not a big consumer play right now. There are like places you can go to uh, like experience it, and you can buy the expensive headset, but the gamers do it in general. But then you see, heading into this decade, we have Google walking away from its daydream project. So you see people kind of saying that, Consumers aren't like snapping this up, but the gaming industry is massive, so that'll continue to work. But on the spatial computing side, industries, medical, 100%, you know, they're doing procedures now using HoloLens, so it's, that's a real thing. But I do not think within this decade, maybe within the next decade, maybe in the 2030s, we'll see our holodecks, you know, the Star Trek style holodecks that I really want, that I really care about, that will happen someday. But I still think that we're not quite there. You mentioned medtech. And I think to your point, that's where spatial computing has been really, uh, you know, insightful and moving forward. Where else in medtech are we going to see some growth? I mean, is that something that I think personally, that is definitely an area where more emerging technology, we'll see more emerging technologies. Oh yeah, I mean, you've got both sides. We've got the wearable side where companies like Apple are, are helping us track our own personal health. Uh, and that's, that's, that's growing really fast. It's not going to stop. We're gonna have a lot of information collected right on our wrists, sometimes through our ears, you know, whatever we wear. And we're going to share that with our medical professionals in real time so they can help us. You know, that is, that is you can see it happening right now. But I also think then that on the other side is, Human augmentation is something that we've started to see over the last 15 years. We're seeing more of it. Um, I think that there's going to be a really interesting explosion of that kind of technology in the next 10 years. You know, obviously amputees are seeing better prosthesis, but even for just augmenting people who are fully fully abled, you know, you're going to see that and the eyewear, and there's going to be things that 
make us kind of like superhumans. I think by the end of the next decade, you're going to see certain things people can buy to change how they perform. That is not illegal. You, you, you talked about uh, augmentation. And I again, I, I would agree with you. What are we going to be seeing over the next decade when it comes to artificial intelligence, cloud, and robotics? I mean, what what can we expect maybe this year and then maybe towards the end of the decade? I mean, cloud computing has been one of the most important and disruptive technologies over the last 10, 12 years. Uh, you know, I was looking back at something I wrote at the end of the last decade. And one of the last articles I wrote was about the death of the 3.5 inch floppy and floppy drive and how everyone was going to have to move their memories to the cloud. And that's really what, I mean, the cloud is so important and it will continue to be important as will edge computing, you know, where you can have a little bit of intelligence locally, but you get more intelligence through the cloud for, you know, whether it's robotics or other devices, you know, you can see a Microsoft's doing tremendous work there and in, that's happening like now. Uh, and I think that's going to be, you know, intelligence that you can grab wherever you are, when, whenever you need it from the cloud with your devices on you, you know, connected through 5G probably, or apparently working on 6G. So 6G by the end of the next decade. Uh, so all of that is coming together, I think, for, um, you know, as much as people are concerned about privacy and all of that, there is going to be, by the end of the decade, it's going to be like the intelligence is all around us. You know how right now, Wi-Fi is all around us, we can connect anywhere. Well, now think of sort of pervasive intelligence everywhere. I think that is the picture that we're going to see by the by 2030. So will the biggest disruptions be driven by social issues or do you think uh, technological developments? Well, it's an excellent question. It's a tough one to answer because um, social perception of technology is at a weird spot right now. Uh, the recalibration around regulation and privacy is we're right in the middle of it. It won't be solved until after the presidential election. I can guarantee you not a single person's going to do a thing about it, but they will. And so you'll see changes kind of wrought from that. Um, but you also see right now companies taking a different approach. Now, Apple just updated its privacy, its whole privacy page for consumers so you can really look and see how they're handling it. And I think other companies are trying to do that. They're trying to make different choices about privacy and content. Um, so, and there is a question that we mentioned uh, that is the question of how is technology impacting young people? You know, how soon does someone get a computer or a phone or a tablet or a wearable? And we don't actually have, still don't have the answers to those questions, but we're going to start to work that out. And we're gonna try and probably work out ways to introduce technology to young people's lives and the rest of our lives in ways that don't interfere with development. So what's the best way then to prepare for the likely disruptions that are coming in the 20s? Oh, I wish we could prepare. When we're, how do we ever prepare? We're kind of like, you know, be flexible. But also, I, I always tell people the same thing. Don't, um, don't assume that things won't change because then you get, you get stuck and you get frustrated when things do change and you get confused. And so instead, anticipate, expect change, accept change, adjust to it, figure out how it works or doesn't work for you, figure out if you should integrate it with your lives and your business or not, uh, but make sure you understand it. Don't be caught flat-footed. Right? Don't ever be caught flat-footed by technological change. Know it, understand it, use it, don't abuse it. You'll be all right. 
Don't abuse it. I think that's really good advice and use it, right? So thanks for your insight on, on what to expect in the next decade. Lance Ulanoff, tech journalist and commentator and editor-in-chief at LifeWire.com. If somebody wants to, to follow you, maybe they want to connect with you, Lance, what's, how can they do that? It's always best to get me on Twitter, Lance Ulanoff. Super easy. My first name and last name are slammed together. And uh, you can also sign up for my newsletter on Tangled right there. There you go. And you guys can find more of my interviews right here or go to TanyaHall.net. Thanks for watching.